Hello and welcome to my Life in Three Songs, a podcast presented by the Daily Emerald. My name is Riley, and each week I talk with a different member of Oregon faculty discussing the three songs that changed their life. This week I'm talking to Professor Vivian Ewing. How are you doing tonight, Vivian? I'm good. It's good to talk to you. Before we get into the music, will you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and how you ended up at Oregon? Yeah, so let's see. I'm from the East Coast. I'm from as far away as you can get. Um, in the country. I'm from um, an island off the coast of Massachusetts, uh, Martha's Vineyard, and I came out to Oregon for the grad program um, doing an MFA in fiction out here. Did you notice a difference in the music scenes between West Coast and East Coast? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I would say that that is like a hard thing for me to answer because when I first came out here, it was just um, mid-pandemic, you know? Um, this is a two-year program for me, and so I've just been out here since then and haven't been able to really um, take advantage of what I'm sure, you know, Eugene typically um, has going on. Right. Well, I'm in the same way because I also came here <laughs> during 2020, so I guess we have that in common. Would you say there's a similarity between songwriting and traditional narrative writing or are those kind of worlds apart in your mind? Well, for me, I would say like what um, hooks me into like almost all music is um, a narrative. I'm definitely someone who's, um, you know, like lyrics focused um, for what interests me. Um, but I think that, you know, I think that people want stories, you know, um, whether it's, you know, three minutes long or a novel, I think they like respond to the same things. They want to be hooked by a story. Um, so I think that they, um, you know, I think they do have a lot in common. I, I don't write songs myself, so I don't know what it feels like, but, um, but yeah, I think that people want the same things, um, no matter the medium. I think that's a good way to put it. And I'm very interested in the relationship between writing and the truth. Because I took a creative writing class with you, and by definition, creative writing implies that there's going to be some fiction or some fantastical elements. And yet, when you can create a story that's based in technically falsehoods, it can still feel like emotionally true. So what's your relationship with like truth and fiction? Do you think it's important that a story is true? And like, what does that even mean? You know, like we, I feel like we had an exercise maybe in our class that talked about like, you know, you might feel like in order to evoke something, um, you need to like kind of back away from it and like um you know like I think the example that I talked to you guys about was like you might want character or you might want um, a reader to identify with a character and like um and so you want to like leave things open you know but I'm like no like describe the exact like make and model of their car what color is it what are they wearing you know and so I think like in order to get to the truth of something you have to like really invest in whatever fictional element you have going on um and people can kind of like insert themselves into that specificity. Yeah, specificity is a good word for that. And it's interesting in music because it can go both ways. I think there's definitely a parallel there with like pop music. Some pop music is so broad that it doesn't feel like it relates to you at all. And then some music is so specific that it doesn't feel like it relates to you because, you know, it's not your story. But I've been thinking a lot about like songs that lie to you, which is kind of a weird idea, but there's a lot of pop songs where they say, you know, patently untrue things like I'll love you forever. A lot of to do with love and stuff. Do you ever have a problem with, with lies in art, or do you think that's not possible? Um, no, I mean, I think that um, I'm a, a fan of um, Werner Herzog, the director, and I might have mentioned him to you before, but um, yeah, he has this thing that he talks about, like he calls it ecstatic truth, but whatever you want to call it. I think that like um, sometimes like a lie is the best way to get at like the emotional truth, you know? Um, and even, I mean, like he makes documentaries, so that's like a whole different conversation, but um I think that it depends what type of truth you're looking for. I mean, like, you know, in journalism, you said you're a journalism student. Like, that's a different 
case, but in art, I think um, I think sometimes lies are the best ways to get to the truth of a feeling. Man, yeah, so true. You go all the way to one extreme, and it kind of opens up some different doorways in that. Awesome. Really beautiful. Will you tell us a little bit about the first song you chose? Yeah, sure. So with all three of these songs, I feel like I went like as personal as possible. I, I started with um, All Through the Night by Ella Fitzgerald. And this is a song that um, I kind of wanted to like go back to like my earliest memories with this one. Um, and I guess this is even like pre-memory, but um, I um, was talking to my mom recently and she told me that the day that um, she found out she was pregnant with me. She was on her way to her first voice lesson. Um, and this was one of the songs that she learned, um, with her teacher there. And, you know, um, those lessons were just like so important for her. She was really like got a lot out of, um, the confidence of like learning how to, how to sing and perform. And because of that, like because of her love for those lessons, this this is a music that we heard like over and over and over again. Um, this is from um, a specific album that I'm sure I've heard thousands and thousands of times. Um, so it just like it feels like my childhood. You know, it feels like um, I can just picture my mom like practicing. You know, in our living room and um, and yeah, I think that you know it's just so deeply ingrained in me. That stuff is so interesting to me. Like the whole idea of playing music to your unborn child, I think is such a beautiful idea because you can like set their tastes and all of that. Do you feel like your taste was uh, influenced by your parents a lot? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, being from such a small community, like I didn't go out to see music really. Like there weren't a lot of, um, you know, venues or anything on this small island. And so it's really just like at home on the radio, listening to CDs, um, just me, my mom and my brother, really just like developing our own little musical world. Are you aware of the aesthetic called cottagecore? <laughs> <laughs> I have heard of that, yes. <laughs> this, that, this song kind of reminds me of that in the best way. I think it's, okay. really, it's really warming and nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think kind of everyone's influenced by their parents one way or another because there's also the school of thought where it's like you don't want to listen to anything your parents played for you. And then, you know, a lot of people kind of go in the complete opposite direction. So whether they want to admit it or not, I think everyone owes a lot of their music development to their parents. I agree, yeah. And I'm not too much of a rebel in that in that case. Well, did you ever sing too, like your mom? No, I never did. I mean, I don't think I had like the gift for it that she had. You know, she's just like an innately talented singer. Um, she'd be hired to like sing at weddings, you know, and, and I, um, you know, maybe I have other skills, but that's definitely not one of them. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, if you practice hard enough, you can get it. But with music, <laughs> I do feel like there is kind of that you have it or you don't to some degree. And as I've gotten older and I've met, I've been lucky enough to meet people who actually do have that talent. I think it's a, it's a precious gift. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. What was your song too? Um, so yeah, my second song I chose is um, the title track from Graceland by Paul Simon. Um, again, I sort of wanted to like go back to some earlier memories and I sort of thought of this as like, you know, um, a little further into my life, but still, you know, kind of early memory. Um, this one, I had an experience that I've had with a couple bands, like Nirvana was one of them, where I heard it so late, you know, and I was like, how long has this been going on, you know, and, um, and I heard Paul Simon, like, maybe I was like, I don't know, maybe in my, like, mid-teen years, um, and I heard this song, and it just hit me so hard, um, and this song specifically, I remember I was driving with my family along this long road, um, by the beach, and I just remember, like, feeling it wash over me, um, and I kind of got obsessed with this album and got into Paul Simon and then Simon and Garfunkel, um, with my brother especially, and then, um, 
Yeah, and that kind of became like a bond between us. We later went on a road trip through um, New Mexico and Southern Texas, and we just listened to this album, you know, the whole way. Um, and it's kind of, you know, it's about a road trip as well. Um, and so it seemed fitting. I love that you said wash. That's such a great word for this song, too, because it does feel so like it's, a, it's an emotional experience, like sonically. And there's so much kind of weird, so many weird elements at play here because it's like African guitar, but then the lyrics are so quintessentially American. And it is an Americana road trip like you were talking about. And then there's like the religious aspect because it's like, I don't know, there's so many things that it all works together. But I don't know how, how a human can make something like that. You know, it's one of those cases where it's like, how could someone like put pen to paper and write these words? You know? Yeah, and I think you're right. I think it's, it's, yeah, it's wise to mention like, you know, it wasn't just one person who made this, you know, like he was, Paul Simon was like at the helm, but um, yeah, clearly this is like a huge collaborative effort. And in that way, I mean, in that way, it does feel like pretty American. Like you said, the lyrics are definitely, definitely feel like pretty, um, yeah, pretty American to me. And I think that's part of why it fits so well on that um, road trip for my brother and I. And this is another example of lyrics that are more impressionistic than literal, because there's a lot of stuff here that's kind of like very ethereal. Do you tend to be drawn towards one or the other in terms of like realism or surrealism? Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love Paul Simon's lyrics. I think I think he's an amazing writer. But in the fiction that I read, I'm definitely more um, drawn to sort of like contemporary, kind of maybe even austere realism, um, with some exceptions. Like I do like, um, like Carmen Maria Machado, for example, is, is sort of speculative fiction. But um, more often than not, I'm into like really just sharp sentences and, you know, real, real life. <laughs> I like that, that, the different mediums, you can have different preferences for what each one can give you, because it is a different experience when it comes down to it. I think both of the, the first and second song you chose the recording is pretty specific where there's kind of like a wall between the vocals and the music and I think that works really well because it feels like there's kind of a distance there and the, the music's playing like in another room or something and I think that's really gorgeous so mm, it's kind of yeah. like three line. All right what was song three? Yeah so the last song I, I wanted to jump ahead like in my own personal history and um, I chose No Intention by the Dirty Projectors. Um, this song for me represented sort of like uh, I don't know, I guess the first two songs really felt connected to my family and my childhood, and this song was really something that I came to on my own. Um, I spent some time living in France, and when I was there, you know, I was really, like, immersed in trying to learn the language, you know, somewhat successfully, and, um, you know, after many months of that, I often really treasured the, like, kind of, like, English media, English, you know, English language media that I was getting, um, I would like, you know, I'd watch some of my favorite movies over and over. I just kind of like was homesick for the feeling of, you know, easy comprehension of, you know, of, of English. And um, and so the Dirty Projectors, even though they're not necessarily like, you know, clear, um, easy to understand lyrics, you know, um, it still was like a real comfort to me um, at that time. And I just listened to this album again over and over. I guess that's the connection for me with all three of these. It's just something that has stuck with me that I've wanted to listen to over and over for different reasons. Yeah, I do think that's really funny what you said about comprehension, because Dave Longstreth from The Dirty Projectors is notoriously like vocal manipulation <laughs> constantly, like jumping octaves and stuff. Yeah, that's but. true. Yeah, yeah. In interviews as well as in lyrics. <laughs> yeah, he's a wild guy. But have you yeah. kept up with the, like, are they like a, a band for you that you followed? Or is it more like the one album is outshines the rest? Yeah, I mean, I haven't like spent too much time listening to them. Um, 
recently but I definitely like I love a lot of their albums actually did get to see them live um and they were incredible um the yeah just like the talent is so insane on that um on that record and I think yeah throughout like all of their all of their work and seeing them in person I was like absolutely blown away I think it's um what's her name Amber Kaufman I think is yeah is just like so talented and she has um some solo work that I've also really loved but um yeah I love I love what she does um on the Dirty Projectors. Well awesome thank you so much these are great choices I really appreciate it and wonderful stories too. Thank you for listening to my discussion with Vivian Ewing. You can find a playlist with all the songs from this episode as well as all the other ones in the episode description. See you next week.